When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's it like hitting a game winner in an NBA game? How is the game affected by the new rules emphasis this year? What are the Nets goals for this season? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to B-Ball Breakdown. I am pleased to have back on the show, friend of the breakdown, Spencer Dinwiddie, the point guard for the Brooklyn Nets, or I should call you a combo guard now. Is that is that more accurate? Yeah, you know, doing a little bit of everything. All right. Yeah, well, that's true. Uh, you certainly can do a little bit of everything, and you were doing a lot of everything the other night against the Pistons. So let's go talk about some of these plays you made down the stretch, because I wanted to hear from your point of view how the plays unfolded, especially down in the fourth quarter. So let me take you back to two minutes to go. You're down by four. And uh, you're going to run a little pick and roll with Jared Allen out top. So how did this play unfold and get you an open three? Yeah, so, you know, Jared obviously was coming up to set a quick pick and roll. Um, I decided to attack the big. Uh, Dre was a little bit shifted over, so I felt like the pocket pass was open. Uh, Threw it to J.A. Uh, You know, and then when J.A. didn't immediately go up, obviously I realized I had to relocate and uh, get to the corner and get my outlet. And, uh, you know, he spun around, had a great find, and, uh, you know, I was able to make the shot. How important is it to, when you drive to the basket and dish to then get back out and relocate behind the line, particularly in the corners? How is that, How important is that to getting open threes? Oh, extremely important. You know, I think um, obviously this is part of the whole Steph Curry Warriors effect, everybody hunting threes and kind of transformation of the game. But, you know, off of offensive rebounds and also, you know, kind of just when everything gets in the pain, there's kind of like any sort of muck and you can kind of get lost, especially in the corners. Um, that that's where they look to find guys now. Mm-hmm. Now, how hard is that shot? Because you're now backing up. you got to get your feet behind the line. You take another extra dribble in there to find. Was the dribble there to, so you can get your feet behind, or was it to get more rhythm? Um, it was more just to get my feet behind because I was already – I was backpedaling, but I was more focused on the play, actually. So I didn't look down specifically to know exactly where I was. So, you know, when I took the peek down, I realized I wasn't behind the line. I didn't want to risk, obviously, traveling or – anything of that nature. So you just take the dribble, get your rhythm. I had time, so just get your feet set and, and try to knock it down. Well, let's talk about the the close out there because the, the guy did get there and it was sort of close. So I'm yeah. kind of curious from an NBA shooter standpoint, what about a guy running at you has an effect or doesn't have an effect when you're getting your shot off? Man, I mean, the, the way that we're like going through it now and the way people are coaching it, and I kind of work on it with you know my position coach, Adam Harrington, every day. Uh, you know, if you can get to your shot kind of release point without really any distractions, you kind of just let it fly at this point, just kind of with the way the league's going, the, how much everybody's encouraging threes. Um, you kind of really would have to be there on the catch for guys to not shoot it nowadays. Now guys are kind of letting it fly with confidence, and, and you're going to see, like, not only the attempts rise, but also the percentages rise just because there's not going to be as much of a stigma on it, and people are just going to start kind of letting them fly. 
Right. So it doesn't matter if the hand is up and like obscuring your vision on the rim, right? That doesn't bother you as much as as maybe being there on the catch and taking away the shot altogether. Yeah, yeah. If you're there on the catch taking the shot away altogether, then obviously you'd you'd force me to either step back or or into driving it or whatever. But once I'm already up and getting ready to, you know, release the ball uh, at that point. I mean, you know, it might, it, I'm sure it has some level of effect versus an open shot, obviously. I mean, mildly contested versus heavily contested, all that stuff. But, you know, I'm at that point, I'm already getting ready to let it go. So it just kind of is what it is. Right. So it's almost like you don't even need to see the rim once you know where you are and you have the catch. And it's a, it's a, on the catch itself, if you see the rim, after that, it almost doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more important to obviously know where you are. Uh, to begin with but at the point of release I mean in that millisecond if my eyes are temporarily obscured I mean uh, I don't think it's gonna do too much fair enough yeah I, I that's what it seems like and I talked to a lot of shooters who all feel the same way they they've done it so many times right that you just sort of know what that release needs to be without having to actually see the rim as much but let's get down to the next shot I want to talk about because this was even more crucial with 21 seconds to go an out of bounds play and Coach Atkinson drew yeah. up a, a nice little elevator, uh, we, was what I call it. Uh, so, <laughs> But I, I'm not so sure it was the perfectly, the most perfectly executed. Perhaps mucking it up is what you, you mentioned earlier. Maybe that helped you a little bit, but walk us through what happened on this play and how you got open. Well, so that's actually one of our proprietary trade secrets. Uh-oh. And if I tell you, I got to kill you. <laughs> but okay. it is something like an elevator action for sure. And, um, you know, all the guys on the court, Joe Harris, uh, Karis specifically, obviously, and myself ran it, ran it pretty well. And, you know, we were able to kind of get Reggie off me a little bit and I got the daylight. And then, you know, that's another one. He got a fairly good contest late, but, you know, it was all about letting it fly at that point. There's there's no use in worrying about the defense. We, we got to hit the bucket. We got to tie the game and then uh, rely on our defense. Was the fact that the pass came from your left did that make that shot any easier for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously, you know, there, there's the old adage that, you know, it, it, you're already squared to the basket, um, you know, when, when, when accepting the pass from the left. I hadn't actually thought about that one specifically on that shot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I guess it, I guess it definitely could have helped a little bit for sure. And, and I, obviously the fact that it was a good pass in general by AC uh, – helps out a ton you know if you had thrown it you know high or low or you know at my feet or something then that would have definitely had a drastic effect on the shot for sure now is it safe to say that you've practiced a shot like that over and over again coming out from uh the, ba- the basket area out and then you, you know it's a pretty deep three it's probably a couple feet behind the line is that a, a shot you practice a lot so doing that type of motion is something that I, I practice in terms of relocating um I never relocate that far actually but but I also do practice like, like spot up threes from that distance in general. So, you know, uh, there, there's a wide range of practicing that are in that type of element. For sure. So um, what, what kind of energy jolt do you get? I'm kind of curious. Put us in the huddle for a second because, you know, you, you tie the game, you executed the play that they drew up just, just yeah. like they wanted to pretty much. What is that like in the huddle after that? Oh, uh, I'm actually one of the more chill guys just because it it didn't go in and like we win the game with zero zero, you know, on the clock. In that case, I'm I'm generally more animated. Um, (laughs) So like the buzzer beaters that you may have seen where it's like literally zeros or maybe it's point zero two on the clock or something like that. That's when you see me get up and, 
have the, you know, are you not entertained reaction or something <laughs> like that. Whereas like these, there, there's always something else to go. We still need a defensive stop. We still need to, you know, come down, execute, whatever it is. So I'm like, look, hey, it, it ain't done. Like that was a nice shot and everything. It, it, it helped us get to this next step, but this ain't over yet. Right. Now, so did Coach Atkinson, was he all business then when he was getting you guys prepared for the last shot? Uh, he, was a, he was a little more animated. But, that, <laughs> but that's also his personality, though. Yeah. Well, listen, as a coach, when that happens and that works like that, even, even if you're not winning the game, you're tying it, and you, you lift another, another possession, that's always really exciting. So uh, yeah. that was great. Now, you were a little bit quiet uh, for the overtime as we got yeah. into that, but not for, not when they needed you, you came through. And I'm wondering if we can talk a little bit about that last three that you made because uh ends up being the game winner. So walk us through how this played and how it unfolded. Um, yeah, so I'm bringing down the right side. I have Stanley on me. Um, you know, Jared sets a, a quick kind of brush screen. Uh, we get the switch, and I'm at about the break or so. And, um, you know, Drummond's hands are down. He's got a couple steps back. Um, obviously, we're down two. So I'm assuming, obviously, in my head, he's, he's preparing for me to drive. Um, something that I did very effectively against him in the first game that we played. Uh, so knowing that he's going to be cautious of that and knowing that I was fairly close to the corner and the corner three and that I shot the ball well that night, um, I decided to go for the win, honestly. Why not go for the win? And if you want to go for the win for your sports coverage, then there's no better place to get analysis on all your favorite sports teams than The Athletic. They've literally hired just about every single big name in the NBA space. And guess what? I just launched a weekly video series with them called Inside Coach Nick's Brain, where I'll take deep dives into the stats and how they're affecting play on the court. All their quality content is subscription-based, but if you click on theathletic.com slash coachnick, you'll save 40%. This is an absurd deal, and their app is great, no ads or pop-ups, and it's the best quality writing that goes beyond just recaps of the games. So, if you want more of my video content alongside the best writers in the business, head over to theathletic.com slash coachnick, all lowercase, and I'll make sure you get your 40% off the subscription price and all of that great analysis. So is that like a conscious decision? You know, obviously the, the move itself is a, a two-part move in a way like a hardened setback. So did you yeah. like, did, is that really what you're thinking in that moment? Like, can you remember what that was like at that second? I'm going to go for the win here or does this sort of unfold so quickly what that wasn't part of the thought process? Um, No, so it's it's like a little bit of a little bit of both, honestly. So it's not like a full-on thought process of like, all those, all those pieces, right? But when I'm coming down, Jared sets a quick pick and roll, which was obviously advantageous because I'd want to go against Dre instead of Stanley, you know, just in terms of as a defender. Um, and then it's like, okay, he's backed up, his hands are down, and then I know where I, roughly where I'm at on the floor, obviously. And I'm like, all right, here it goes. Like in, in that in that split second, you know, time and score, you know, all those things already when you're bringing the ball up the court so you're not having that moment while you're bringing it up because you already are cognizant of all those things jared does you know what he's supposed to do in terms of causing the switch and then you know okay time's running down you still want to get the shot up fairly quick just to make sure there's an offensive rebounding mm -hmm. possibility so in that moment it's either you know drive or shoot if i were to just wait and pound the rock obviously then my chances uh, and, and and my different options go down 
So it was going to be a decision fairly quickly. Either I was going to drive it or shoot it pretty much in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I chose to go for the win in that moment. And so the type of shot you took, the, the, everyone's sort of adding that to their arsenal of three-point shots. Uh, yeah. how, how hard are you working on that shot to, get, to make that as effective part of your game? Oh, I'm definitely working on it a lot. I mean, obviously, you call it the hard and step back. Um, great offensive players are looking to bend the rules as much as they possibly can to gain, gain an advantage. And obviously, when, when guys do something effectively, other guys are going to look to add it to, to their game. You know, who, whoever that is, that's part of the reason why KD had the sweep through all those years ago and then they changed the rule so it was no longer um, two free throws automatically. Um, you know, it's, it's a great move. It's something, like you said, Harden's done uh, very effectively. And just the break in the rhythm causes guys to either foul you or get kind of an awkward contest. Mm -hmm. You know, because if, if they jump too early while you're still sidestepping, when you start to go up into your shot, you can alter, obviously, your trajectory of your jump, jump into them, get a foul. You know, and if they start jumping after your step back, you're already into your release. So it's, it's something that makes the defender have to literally time it perfectly. And, right. and, you know, obviously, that's just something that's very, very hard to do with elite offensive players. For sure. And timing it perfectly, it oftentimes doesn't even matter because if the shot goes up, and you'll see you hit it, uh, Harden hits it. The, he's right there, and it's still going yeah. in. It's demoralizing for the defense, I have to imagine. But you mentioned yeah. fouling, and I wanted to bring that up really quickly because I thought it's interesting to hear your take on the new freedom of movement emphasis that the referees are putting on the players. How has that yeah. affected you playing defense this year? Um, I've definitely got a lot more uh, fouls this year in terms of like wrapping the screener when I'm trying to like fight over a screen. Um, which is something that definitely wasn't called in the past. They alerted us to it, so I see that's my fault and something I have to get better at. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of like football in that sense. Like we're we're a passing league, we're a free movement, three point shooting, you know, pace, space, all that, all that league. And so the rules are going to reflect that. Um, it's something that we have to adjust to. Um, I, I think also, you know, there there'll be regression to the mean as well in terms of foul calls, just like there always mm -hmm. always are. Um, and, but but in terms of like the the rules in general, like it's it makes it very hard on defense. But I understand where it's coming from, so um, I'm not like pissed off about it. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, you listen. You're not alone. Everybody's having trouble with it or having difficulty yeah. staying out of the out of that penalty right now. Exactly. Um, how much of an effect do you think that that specifically has on these crazy scores that we're seeing the first two weeks of the season? Oh, well, it's definitely going to have a large effect because if somebody's in the bonus very early, uh, we were actually remarking on it on the bench uh, yesterday. I was talking to my teammate Ed Davis, and I think it was about the nine-minute mark of maybe the third quarter, um, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, and we were already had four fouls, which means as soon as we come in, if we touch a guy, free throws, free throws, free throws, free throws. And so that does two things. Obviously, it gives them free points, but it also makes you have to kind of be hands-off on defense, which, like I said, puts you in a bind. These are the best players in the world, the best 450, you know, in the world, especially offensively. And so if you can't touch guys or if, if, if when you do touch them because you're already in the bonus, there's free throws, then, you know, the score is going to be higher and it's going to be just harder on the defense in general. Yeah. So I think that's the thing that people don't necessarily understand either. It's the fouls are one thing, but it's also the, the desire to not want to foul, which exactly. causes you to be less aggressive. Right. And that's that just makes it easier for these guys to score. Um, what about this new, the 14 second reset? Has that had any effect on the game? You think? Um, 
Yeah, I I, th- I think it does just in terms of like you don't see teams uh, getting it out and running like sets now. But at the same time, I mean, most of most of what the NBA is today is quick actions anyway. You know, DHOs, uh, pick and rolls, quick pick and rolls, uh, get actions, things like that. So you know, you're still kind of getting into the the meat of what an NBA offense is. It's just not somebody like kicking it out and then holding it and making an explicit call. You're just right. kind of running right into it. So a little bit of a change in terms of that, but I don't think it's like too much of a departure from what we're trying to do because a lot of these offensive rebounds, we're looking to kick out for threes anyway. Mm-hmm. And that takes all of three seconds to do. So That's what I noticed. It feels like if I went back and I wonder if there's any data from last year, for instance, of the time of possession after an offensive rebound, because unless you're ahead and it's inside of a minute to go, that's yeah. the time when you see someone pull it out and like really try and milk the clock, which is good that they're not going to be able to do that, I guess. It keeps the game interesting. But it feels like how often, right, does that ever really exactly. happen? Because the offensive rebounds in those situations, are, as far as I can feel, are, are pretty rare. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, so I feel like there's people want to point to that, and I feel like, yeah, I don't know if it's really you know causing too many too many differences right now in the game. Yeah. Certainly not as much as the fouls. But uh, anything sure. else about this about the game right now this year that you feel is like a little bit different than last year that's that struck you is is interesting. Um, no, nah, I mean you you pretty much touched on all of it. I mean obviously the the super high scores. Um, Do you like the super high scores? Something for sure. Uh. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm having fun in it. Uh, you know, I'm, it's the balance because when I get in foul trouble, I'm mad, but when I'm scoring, I'm happy. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's just kind of part of the way it goes. So do you feel like you're scoring better or easier this year than last year? Um, I, I think it's kind of too early to tell, you know, uh, that eight games is only a tenth of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it it's not an accurate sample size, I think. You know, especially when you're talking about 82 and, you know, most guys are going to play 60 games or so. So, you know, there's a, there's a long way to go. Oh, fair enough. But, you know, you've had a great start so far, and it's certainly easy to maintain a really good start versus having a bad start and having to pull yourself yeah. up from there. So, yeah. Uh, but clearly, yeah. I mean, career highs right now across the board here. So, or exact, well, at least not an assist. So that's interesting, though. Your assists are way down. And I have to imagine, does that have to do with the fact that uh, D'Angelo Russell is back and playing more of a lead guard? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I think it's just, you know, kind of the way things have unfolded so far. Um, can't point to any one guy. It's just, you know, the, the way our team functions this year. And I'm sure there'll be nights where I have, you know, high assist numbers and, you know, nights that I have low assist numbers. It's going to kind of be doing whatever it takes to help the team in that moment. Well, what is your goal then for this year? What are, what are the Nets goals in, in terms of win losses? And where do you think you want to be uh, as we get later on in the season? Uh, I mean, I don't think that we have any like explicit win loss goals. It's not like we're saying we want to be a 51 team or something like that. Um, I think obviously we're trying to get better every day, as cliche as that sounds. And I know in our locker room we really want to make uh, make the playoffs. So I think that's just where where our heads at in general, um, and, and we're fighting for that every day. Awesome. Well, Spencer, I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing us these insights. I'm telling you, rarely do we get a glimpse into the NBA player's mind uh, the way you do it. So uh, I can't wish you. Uh, I, can't, I wish you as much luck. Actually, do you, I don't know if you want luck. Do you want luck in your season or you want uh, skill? What is it? I mean, <laughs> hey, I, I'll take I'll take some some of all of it. All right, that's right. Well, you, you know, luck is whatever that. The, what's that old adage? You know, uh, 
when you're prepared or you have luck or whatever. But nonetheless, sure. thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I hope to talk to you soon later on this season and see you where we're at, we're at there uh, with more game winners and more awesome moves. So uh, we'll you. check up on you later. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You win. Are you in, Spencer? I'm in.